Welcome back. It is the Blake Street Irregulars podcast, your Colorado Rockies podcast, live and local from Tap 14 at 1920 Blake Street at the top of Haters and Co. We are here live today uh, after a Rockies loss, a second loss in a row. But uh, if you want to drown your sorrows, you know, when the Rockies lose, if you just want to avoid traffic, that's what I want to do. I just want to avoid traffic, get off I-25. Uh, come on up to Tap 14. Go ahead and relax. They have 70 Colorado draft beers, 100 Colorado distilled spirits. Uh, they have terrific food up here as well. Great happy hour. Uh, everything up there is Colorado. It's absolutely gorgeous. And uh, it's, you know, even even if some gray skies aren't uh, knocking the crowds down, it's a terrific place to be. So visit them at tap14.com. With me today, uh, my, my former partner in crime at, at some other, uh, at another <laughs> station. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll say it. We, we had we had a two separate number one shows together. So we did do it, well. It's outstanding to have Ryan Edwards, uh, R. Edwards Radio on Twitter. Make sure you follow him if you haven't already. And uh, we are now both on air as you may know already at Mile High Sports Radio, about 7 to 9 a.m. And Ryan follows immediately after 9 to 11. So uh, if you're listening there, you, you get even more of us, even though we're split up. But we get to do this today, Ryan. And we look at you're coming off of the second loss. The Rockies had won basically seven straight at home in their first seven home games of the month of June. Then they dropped the, the, the final two in horrific fashion. Are you concerned about that, given that, that the two guys that got pummeled were Jeff Hoffman and Antonio Sanzatella? Well, concerned, you know, there's got to be some weight on that because, you know, to say just outright concerned, I mean, yeah, you don't, you don't want to see either guy, you know, both guys give, give, giving up nine earned runs. You don't want to see that sort of thing, of course. But on the flip side of that, you know, they're young. The team is still 18 over 500. I mean, there's still a lot to love about what the Rockies are doing. I think I think it's just a symptom of, you know, maybe just a, a little bit of the league catching up to them a little bit. I, I, I'm not going to sit here and, and make a case saying that. Uh, no, actually, there's still 19, 19 over 500. Sorry about that. Uh but I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and make the case that, that the Rockies or Rockies fans should be panicking. I think what you're, you're going to basically see now is Tyler Anderson's almost back. John Gray is going to make his final rehab start on Saturday. He'll be back with the club. And then you've got some decisions to make whether one, some of these starting rotation guys fit into the bullpen and you know maybe replace Jordan Lyles, maybe replacing Oberg. Uh, it doesn't mean that uh, those guys – I mean, Lyles will be gone – but uh, Oberg may, you know, still have a future with this team. But, you know, you're, you're looking at what is relative strength in the starting rotation can be now used a little bit towards the bullpen, which needs a little bit of that help. So, you know, concern, like I said, it, it's yes to a certain level. You have to say that you're not happy to see that. On the flip side, this team has been so good on the road, even if it is against the Dodgers, I still give them such a great chance to go out there and uh, put up some good scores. Yeah, and expect to see, I think, when the, the Rockies hit the road. Uh, now they are in, technically, their percentage points into third place after Arizona beat them today. It's, it's very minor, but their percentage points into third. The first time since division play started in 1969, so the first time really in history at this point, have you had three teams in a single division with a 620 winning percentage or better this late? Now, all three of the, the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks and the Rockies do. So fans look at the Rockies and say, all right, you know, two days ago they were in first. Now today they're in third. Oh, no, the sky is falling. They played really badly. Well, keep it in perspective because, like you talked about, the 19 games over 500. As we speak, uh, after even today's games have been completed, the Rockies in third place in the NL West are nine games ahead of the Chicago Cubs, mm -hmm. their closest pursuer for the wild card. For perspective, the Boston Red Sox, uh, who, are, who hold the first wild card spot, are nine and a half games ahead of the Oakland A's. 
the Oakland A's are the worst team in the AL. So if that doesn't give you an idea about the gap, you're talking about the, the best, the, the team with the top spot in the, in the wild card is nine and a half ahead of the dead last team in the league in the AL. The Rockies have a nine-game league on the O defending champion Cubs, who are the next closest pursuers. If you want to go in for comparison, they're 22 ahead of the Phillies. So uh, panic is not really warranted in this case because the, the team has won so many games they were essentially banking all those wins, playing so well early in the season for an eventual lull that happens to every team. The Rockies have yet to really have a losing streak of any consequence, of any significant length. And, and maybe this is the one that hits. Maybe they lose two to Arizona. And maybe you go uh, into L.A. You know, the Dodgers are, are the best team in the, in the entire National League. And I think, quite frankly, they may very well finish that way. I still expect mm-hmm. them to win the division, no I matter what the Rockies had done. I do, too. And, and the matchups, of course, when you get to L.A., it's a great pitcher's park. But Kyle Freeland is going up in that first game. But that's against Alex Wood, who, by the way, is 7-0. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyler Chatwood is rounding back into form. That's positive. Unfortunately, he's going against... Clayton, Clayton Kershaw. freaking Kershaw. Yeah. And then to close it out on Sunday, uh, German Marquez, who, who has been a little wobbly of late as well, will take on uh, Colorado Springs' own Brandon McCarthy. But, so. you know, you bring up a good point. I mean, the, the fact is, and I, it sounds like an excuse, but the fact is you're talking about what these rookie pitchers have been doing is significantly, and it's not close, significantly better than the rest of Major League Baseball. The rest of Major League Baseball rookies are several points higher in ERA. The Rockies have been overall just tremendous. I think you just have to sort of take a deep breath, accept that what the Rockies have been doing is a bit of overachieving. It doesn't mean that they're not legit. It just means that we can expect, as you said, there might be a little bit of a lull coming and and, and know that it doesn't necessarily mean. Now, the, the fact is, is the good teams figure out how to rebound. The Rockies, as an example of a good team, what did they do? They got killed by the Nationals. Embarrassing losses. I mean, absolutely raked out of their own park. What they do? They head on the road. They just keep winning series. They played well in Minnesota. They played well in Chicago. Uh, as a couple of examples of teams that are good, teams that are playing well, they did that. So, for me, I, I guess I look at this and I say, uh, things I didn't like about today, Antonio Sensatella had a hard time finding the strike zone. And, and that, you know, is something that you're saying, well, 9-3, um, you know, you can afford to let him have a little bit of that time. Uh, I, I also wonder, you know, after Jeff Hoffman getting raked by th- for only three and two-thirds, uh, him getting pulled early on, you know, just more of a confidence level because they're so young. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the thing that I, I guess I, if there is a concern, it's just, you know, hey, uh, Sensatella gave up five earned the previous outing. Gave up nine earned here. Is that the beginning of a trend, or is that just simply – a rookie having a little bit of a hitting a wall. Let's see how he goes through. Yeah, and that's I guess that's the question going forward. We will find out about that. And the bright side for the Rockies is reinforcements are on the way. But in in the wake of, of this series of the for the Rockies, now keep in mind they're still fourteen and six on the month, so it's not yeah. exactly been and disastrous. five and two on this homestand. Right, five, five and two. If I would have told you they're going to go five and two on this homestand, you'd be like that. I, right. Yeah. Exactly. They they would so set, basically seven and three on, on in the uh, month at home. So I think you'll probably take that uh, every time out. Now, the the question is, is at the beginning of a streak, if if it does, and let's let's take a look at this Dodgers series, what would it mean that much to you? Because I I think about taking the Dodgers on, who, by the way, have a payroll of about $111 million (laughs) higher than the Rockies. Right. Uh, The Rockies, by the way, are, are... 
pretty close to the major league average in salary. So it's not as if the, those days where they were underspending is over. It's not. They're right about a league average. Uh, the Dodgers are the ones breaking the bank. They're $43 million ahead of the second-place team, which is the Detroit Tigers. So there's a lot of money there that the Dodgers spend. And that no, you don't spend your way to World Series anymore, but it gives you a tremendous margin for error. When the, when the Rockies have an injury or when the Rockies have a young player who isn't rolling, the Dodgers have spent $8 million. Kenta Maeda yeah. is in long relief. Right. Right, I mean, you got to be kidding me. This yeah. this guy was a borderline a star when he yeah, they have, just they a little have, bit ago. So they basically have depth coming out of their ears. Yeah, you know when you, a guy like Cody Bellinger starts the season in late April, like April twenty fifth, and uh, he sets a rookie record for home runs within the first fifty games. You know, I mean that that's just sort of what happens with the Dodgers. And so not only do they have the highest payroll, they also have ridiculous depth. Uh, they have like fifty seven million on the DL and like three guys. Yeah, and they so, don't even notice. And they don't and who cares? Because it's Adrian Gonzalez who's even talking about retirement. So, you know, there's a sense of like, okay, if the Rockies had fifty seven million on the DL, whoo, that would be very painful well, yeah. for this team. Well, it'd be just about half their entire salary. That's right. So yeah, it'd be, it would That's be right. devastating. But uh, let, let's go on and look at this series. Look, I I don't think the Rockies have the advantage in any of the three games against the Dodgers. Let let's say hypothetically, let's go a couple different ways. Now if they if they somehow Okay, they sweep the Dodgers, great. And they hop back in first place, and there's everything to be excited about. If they win two of three, I think you feel fantastic about that, too. You don't care which two. But let's not say they lose two of three. I think that's actually what you probably should expect. Mm -hmm. I think the Rockies are good enough to get one of those games. But you're playing Clayton Kershaw. You're playing Alex Wood. Uh, This is a, quite frankly, you're playing a better team in the Dodgers. And I know people got all upset about the Tony Kornheiser stuff. And and to, to me, when Tony Kornheiser said they were a fraud pumped up by altitude, the, the thing that was frustrating to me was merely the fact I don't think he had necessarily – it felt lazy. I think the team is for real. Now, when he said the Dodgers are a better contender, I think that's fair. When yes. he said the Nationals are a better contender, I think that's fair too. Uh, so I, I don't have a problem with that. And I guess I look at the Rockies in a realistic situation and say, look, they probably – to my mind, they probably lose two or three against the Dodgers. Okay. But then if, you got the Giants. If they're in the games. Right. If they're in the games with the Dodgers and lose two of three, or even if they get swept – are you are you freaking out, or are you only concerned if you see these sixteen to five, ten to three debacles? I think again? that's the bigger deal. Yeah, I mean, and and look, it's funny in professional sports. You know, we usually get chastised for saying style points or moral victories, right? Well, there's a little bit of that right now with a young team that's still trying to figure out, especially a young pitching rotation, trying to figure their way through this. This this seems like the beginning maybe of a little bit of a slump, but the last time we felt like that, what did they do? They went out on the road and they started rocking again. And, and so there's a sense of, you know, how it goes down definitely will speak to the temperament. But even if they get swept, I mean, they're 19 games over, then they're 16 games over. I mean, it's we're not talking the end of the world. I, I think you have to look at it, and I, th- I understand why my fans do, and I understand what the Rockies do. They want to win the division. You don't want to get into yeah. that one-game wild card. These are it, important games. But I don't at the want to same time, that. the goal should be the postseason, which yes. the Rockies haven't seen since 2009. Got a long view here. And they're in good position for the postseason. And I don't think you focus all your attention on the Dodgers or the Diamond. You focus on the postseason. You focus on going out and winning series, and you understand that you won't win them all. No team does. But uh, I think when we look at today's game especially, you know, the bad game for Sensatella, he's had a, a bit of a rough June. Uh, I, we'll take a look at it, I guess. At the same point, you know, like you said, he's 9-3. and three. Yeah. Now, it's right. not, and it's not as if he's been garbage. Uh, he's been wobbly. Now, the, the ERA has been bad in June, so 6.6, but he has struck out 16 batters to walking four. Uh, coming into today's game. Yeah, right. So he got three I, more today. So. I don't think you necessarily 
panic about it. And, well, I think you saw good signs. Uh, the advantage, I think, was what Sentinel did today was good. And, and to Bud Black's credit, he kind of asked, of, asked it of him. When you looked at Jeff Hoffman the day before, and he got pummeled, that was a pretty short start for him. That taxed the bullpen. Senzatella still, he was getting destroyed too, but they left him in for five mm-hmm. and, and took a little weight off the bullpen. I think when you can, and you want to do that, because you want to be able to say, uh, much like a goalie in hockey has had a bad night, you're like, okay, you know what? It's not our day, but I need you to, to soak it up because I don't want to burn our back up. We're just mm-hmm. going to go, go out there tomorrow. So in this case, that's kind of what Bud Black asked Senzatella to do, and that's basically what happened. Like, get out there and, and just throw me 100 pitches. And you know what? Go he, as far as you can. He came out into the fifth. He, got, he went one, two, three, got right out of the inning. And you know what? Uh, credit, and it made a lot of sense because when they left him in for the fifth, he was facing the end, the tail end of their ro- their lineup. So you know he was basically you know facing the not not the final three guys, but you know somewhere around there. And so it made a lot of sense. And maybe just maybe gave him a little bit of a confidence heading into the next start because he went one, two, three, got right out of it, got a strikeout to end the inning. It, it's exactly what you want to see. I'm glad you touched on the Kornheiser thing because I I think you hit it right on the head. You know the headline is fraud. Like when he said that. Everybody puffs up their chest. Everybody goes, well, how could you talk about my team like well, that? Well, it was lazy. It was lazy. If no you, you watch the it. team, you know they but, are but good. But if you, if you, if you take, a, take a little bit of the nuance of what he was trying to say, and again, it was lazy in the sense that he's comparing it. He's like, well, ever since 2007, uh, when they lost to the World Series, I've thought they were frauds ever since then. It's right. Like, I mean, so, so the team 10 years ago is somehow equated to this team just because they're playing well again? Give me a break. But, but the point is, he said what you pointed out, Mostly pointing out, hey, look, uh, overall, I think the Nationals and the Dodgers are just better baseball teams. And and you know what? If I'm going to sit here and tell you Max Scherzer, Clayton Kershaw, give those teams better chances, nobody's going to argue that point. Either of those guys would be by far the best pitcher on the Rockies. Absolutely. Wouldn't even be close. Even if you have John Gray, it's still those guys. So so that's the thing about it is, is, is he's merely pointing out which is a logical conclusion. We get to the end of the season. I'm going to say those are the top two teams in the National League with the Cubs. And the Cubs are going to be in that hunt. Up. You know they will be. Yeah, and, and you know maybe the, the some St. Louis somehow gets back. But, I mean, there's good teams in the NL, but it doesn't mean the Rockies are a fluke. And that's where he I lost his way a little bit. I think that's where he lost everybody. Is as you said, it's lazy. Yeah, it, it is okay to look at the Rockies and say that they are not the best team in the NL, regardless of record. Because, look, teams can get hot. Teams can have a, a better record and you not say they're the best team. That, that works that way all the time in every single sport. Uh, the Rockies are not the best team in the NL, but they are playing outstanding baseball. And as it stands right now, have an excellent chance of making the postseason, which is what you're looking for. Uh, again, looking at this game, one of the nice things to see was good to see Tyler Anderson make an appearance yep. in the ninth, brought him back, and actually, hmm, Anderson, one inning, coming back from the DL, one hit, one walk. Three Ks. Well, I, I think you'd like to have Anderson back in the lineup. I think you would. I think yes. you really want the ability and uh, to not be oversimplistic about it, but I think you want the left-hander uh, in that rotation as well. Well, he closed last season pretty well. You yeah, know, he he did. He really did close last season pretty well. You know, the people that are trying to write him off uh, because of some of his early inconsistencies, I think that's a little too soon. Um, but I don't want to interrupt your point, but I, I, I'm with you on everything you said there. Keep going. No, I mean, I think it's it's interesting to look at because it means the Rockies do have some options when they get healthier. And keep in mind, now Anderson is back. Uh, John Gray could be back as soon as next week. Yep. And uh, as that. amazing as it sounds, within about three weeks, Chad Bettis 
could even conceivably be back. And that's a guy that won 14 games for them last year. So it will be interesting to see what the Rockies do, because in certain cases you look at, at Marquez, and quite frankly, even Senzatella if he keeps having the issues, or, or Jeff Hoffman. Uh, I know Hoffman, of course, you look at his record and go, well, he's 4-1, relax. But they may not move those guys to long relief, because truth be told, they know that injuries happen, and they probably want them playing every five games. So if they don't stay in the rotation here, they may end up going down uh, to Albuquerque and pitching there so they stay on the five-game rotation and they Mm -hmm. can continue to come up if they need to but uh, this is I I think it speaks even though they're having these losses and we'll see how it works out in in LA it speaks to how well the Rockies have actually done it's very easy to forget first month of the year you didn't have Ian Desmond you spent 70 million dollars to bring over here Uh, you had Trevor Story and Carlos Gonzalez hitting in the 100s you do still do not have David Dahl uh, Gerardo Parra came back and played well, and now he's hurt mm-hmm. again. And then you don't have, by the way, your two best starters, uh, John Gray and Chad Bettis. Gray just makes three starts, and then he's been out ever since. And this team has still gone to uh, as good a start as they've ever been on. Franchise so, history, yeah. Uh, I think a lot of credit goes to the players for toughening up, and a lot of credit goes to Bud Black for being able to manage that because we talked about the difference between Hoffman and Senzatella. What Black's done, and I think in, in microcosm, even though these have been really bad losses, I think has been illustrated in these last two games. Senzatella, for what he's uh, shown, and, and I, I thought coming up when I talked to him about it, he looked like to me a long-term number four starter with the potential being number three. Not an ace. I don't see him as being that guy. But he he has the ability, and we saw it even in this game, as you mentioned, came out in the fifth after just getting pummeled the whole game mm-hmm. and, and goes in one, two, three, and leaves the, the game. So in his case, he's a guy that has a, a short memory and a, and a slow heartbeat. So he's the kind of guy that Bud Black, once he gets to know the player, He's not going by the book anymore, by the, oh, well, he's thrown so many pitches, oh, he's this old, oh, he's been this many runs. He goes, all right, you know what? This guy is not going to have a pro- – he can handle it. He's going to be able to put this game in the back of his head, forget about it, and come out the next time. So I'm going to let him go. Uh, Jeff Hoffman, maybe he's a little bit different. Maybe personality-wise, I'm like, hey, you know what? He's He was kind of expected to be at the major league level. It took him a while to maybe get there more than we expected. He's bounced back and forth. Maybe I don't want to have to have him – go out there for five innings or six innings and just take it on chops because maybe it is going to get into his head. And that's the difference, I think, for everything you're seeing between Bud Black and, and this year's Rockies compared to Walt Weiss and last year's Rockies because Bud Black is not just going by the book. He's getting to know his players, and he's getting to work with their personalities to make sure that each of them is in the best opportunity to succeed game in and game out. Yeah, and, realistically, I, I ask the question often, like if, if given the same roster, if Jeff Price put the same roster together for Walt Weiss, would we be having the same outcome? No way. And I don't think so. No way. And, and it's, 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 I think they're closer to 500. I think it's that much of a difference. It's a multi-level thing. It's not just the pitching staff. It's even the hitters. You know, the other day uh, he had uh, Pat Vileka in the, uh, uh, in the, uh, the circle, uh, the, the batter's box, uh, well, not, not the battle on box, deck circle. On deck circle. Thank you, thank you. On deck circle, ready to go. He pulls him for Trevor Story. Trevor Story goes out and hits a home run. I mean, he's just got that touch right now. And, you know, the, so that, that's the easy. So for the Rockies fans that are kind of panicking, freaking out a little bit, you know, there's a little bit of sense of, okay, just realize where you're at, realize where this team would have been if they would have stayed the course, like many Rockies teams have in the past, stayed the course with the current manager. That this team wouldn't even be close to this. I'm not saying, look, not to have higher expectations. You should continue to raise your expectations. The better they play, look, I, I'm going in. The Dodgers might be the hottest team in baseball next to the Yankees. And they're going to go. This is a tough, you said it, they're not favored in any of these games. However, the way they've played on the road, uh, you know, going head to head against the Cubs and not, not flinching at all, you know, it, it just, you, you have this feeling that, you know, I could see Chatwood going toe-to-toe with Kershaw and winning that game. I, I mean, I could see it. 
Uh, I, could, I could see a scenario right tomorrow night with Freeland versus Wood. If you could keep this thing in single-digit runs, sure, why not? That's the problem for the Rockies, and that's the thing that we're going to have to keep watching a little closer is, is when their starter gets totally trashed, totally blown up, how do they respond from that game to the next game to the next game? That's the one trend here that in a short term, you know, uh, I can only point to the National Series as saying they rebounded from that, they should rebound from that, from this over the last two games. But that's the one thing that you got to say, okay, we got to keep an eye on that because if the Dodgers put up 10-plus runs on them over the next couple of games, that's going to be a problem. Yeah, then that's that's the warning sign. But at this point, I think it's important not to panic. They are in a good position. And and with the exception of the fact that the Diamondbacks are as much of a surprise as the Rockies, uh, I think that's, to me, in many ways, that's maybe the thing that's throwing people off. Everyone knows the Dodgers were going to be good. I, I don't think people are necessarily freaking out when they lose to the Dodgers, but it feels different with the Diamondbacks. But the Diamondbacks, just like the Rockies, when you break down what they've done and what they've built, they're every bit is legitimate. It's just they're happening to all hit at the same time. Yeah, how about so. Zach Godley today? Uh, he gave up two hits. Give two hits in the first inning, one the home run to Charlie Blackman, one a single to Nolan Arenado, and then didn't give up another hit until the eighth inning. And in the meantime, struck out eight Rockies in that span and only walked one. Unbelievable. But, you know, that – and it was that kind of day too. You know, that's another thing is is the bounce of the ball. That's a real thing. You know, it it seems like coincidence, and I I understand that argument. I'm not going to sit here and talk to you about voodoo and magic and stuff. There's a whole sabermetric stat for it. You know, batting average (laughs) for balls in play. It's a – yeah. I mean, but today was that day, you know, like a hard liner from Nolan would get caught in double play. And, you know, I mean, that's just that's just what it was. But, uh, you know, they'd have Godley, who uh, in the seventh inning, you know, hit, hits, gets an RBI single, puts it to ten runs. Uh, or that was in the eighth inning, actually, before mm-hmm. he came back. So, I mean, it was just it's just one of those days. Yeah, it happens. So, I'm with you. When I look at this series, a disappointing end of the series. But for the Rockies, uh, not really anything to get worried about unless – we see the same things happen in L.A. where the scores tend to be low anyway. So you want to see the Rockies at least uh, keep it close. But we'll have an opportunity to talk about that over the course of uh, the season with Ryan Edwards. In the meantime, you can always listen to him on Mile High Sports Radio weekdays 9 to 11 a.m. If you're not in Denver and you're listening to this, you can always catch that at milehighsports.com. Stream it live. Listen to the podcast. You can always catch everything that Ryan's doing. You can follow him at R. Edwards Radio on Twitter. And uh, we'll have an opportunity to do this uh, again reasonably soon. But I, I notice you'll come out when we're live at Tap 14. I like where your head is at. That's that. That's a smart move when we're out here and there's no FCC regulations, and we <laughs> we can uh, we can enjoy the 70 Colorado craft beers and the 100 Colorado distilled spirits up here. This place is tremendous, and you know, with the uh, being up on the roof, uh, we like we did last time was just such a blast to you know to be up there surrounded by TVs watching all the sports talking Rockies with a you know a cold brew in one hand and a sandwich in the other this this place really is tremendous this this is a lot of fun I, I highly recommend you come down here not just for the podcast, but just in general. Oh, especially if you're down for a Rockies game. It is a, a beautiful place to be. Yeah, if and you wants to be stuck in traffic after the game. Just oh. it, it's, a, it's a short little jaunt just right across the street. Not me. Oh, brutal. brutal. I, I, will, I will go out of my way for like an hour to avoid traffic. So, well, yeah, I, I this is a little... much better option for me. Well, when I texted you, so I had – I was literally needed to just go across the street. It, it, it was like a five-minute drive before traffic. Took me forty minutes. I'm like forty 
<laughs> minutes. When I texted you. You could have just walked. I could have walked there faster. <laughs> Unbelievable. It said, it said 28 minutes walking. It took me 48 minutes to drive. Unbelievable. Or 40 to drive. So, yeah, next time you're at the Rockies game, they're bringing big crowds. They're bringing 40,000 yep. plus, even on day games, even on the weekdays. So come on by. Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street. Just right over. You could throw baseball from the home plate entrance and land it right on top. So come on by. Always terrific to uh, to be here. They sponsor the podcast. It's a great opportunity uh, to enjoy Colorado uh, boo- booze, Colorado beer, Colorado food, while rooting for your Colorado Rockies. So thank you very much for tuning in. Thank you, Ryan, for joining us. Uh, always terrific to get a chance to talk to you, get your insights as well. And thank you for listening. So this is the Blake Street Irregulars, a 5280 Sports Network production.